Today's episode of Punt Brothers is brought to you by Double Stuff Florios. Twice the meaningless fluff you love, sandwiched in between lazy discussion of social issues. Plate appearance. Illegal bucket. Conference USA. Shoestring timeout. Publicly financed stadium. Foul kick. Some kind of hockey penalty. Punt. 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 Mike Prada. Ryan Denny. Um, I have an idea for the NBA All-Star Weekend. Oh, wow. I've never heard NBA All-Star news. Please share it. Okay, so in full disclosure, we should, we should mention that Mike and I tried to record this once already. Because of my ineptitude technologically, uh, that episode is lost into the ether forever. It actually was just a conversation we had, which is fine. We converse, yeah, so I don't I, feel like we lost anything. In that no, no, not at all. It's, it's like an alternate reality when James Harden was still on the Thunder. Right. Um, but we're trying this for a second time, so if you think the, the repartee or the jokes or the analysis is not good, it was much better the first time around. But If you think it's great, though... It's because we had a warm-up. Right, or, or so really we have no way of winning. No, but I'm used to that. I didn't, I didn't decide to join the internet so I could win. <laughs> That's true. Um, like most people who join the internet. They're all winners, absolutely. Just by being online, you've won. This is my idea, though. This is not an idea I shared with you previously. So we have the three-point contest, which is all well and good. Guys who can shoot the three-ball really well are very valuable, and it's fun to watch guys get on a hot streak but what i would like to do is replace it or maybe not replace but add the unnecessary long two-point contest where we just basically move everybody a couple of feet inside the arc and you shoot from there oh daryl Laurie's favorite yeah so long two contest so who would be in the long two contest if we if we put it on wow uh i think you have to have lamarcus aldridge right uh, it would have to be like a lot of big men. Big men who course. shoot unnecessary long twos. Right. They're a little stubborn. Right. They kind of love their 18 foot zone. Right, right. They haven't really quite taken the step back yet. Uh, so I think you have to have LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Al Horford, mm-hmm. uh, Dirk Nowitzki. Yep. Certainly would be there. Blake uh, Griffin, is he eligible for this or has he not quite got the range for the. Blake Griffin wants so badly. <laughs> Okay. But I don't know if he's quite there yet. Do you think this would work? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's one of the nice things about All Star Weekend sometimes is it kind of, you have the shooting stars, which kind of reminds people of the past. Right. You have all these legends in there. You know, and that was supposed to be the thing that kind of brought retro basketball back a little bit as right. a way of appreciating the history of the game. Yeah. I think the long two contests could fill that void. Could fill that void. Um, this is Punt Brothers. We've been gone for a long time. There are no great reasons for it, but we're back now. Uh, by we, I mean just me today. Jane couldn't join us because she still has an important day job that impacts uh, actual lives of people, and I gave that up a long time ago. Uh, but I have with me Mike Prada, uh, NBA super, NBA writing superstar. I should make it clear that you are not an NBA superstar in the sense that people might think. To my knowledge, what are you, what are you trying to say? I'm saying that you're not on an NBA roster. Oh, well, I mean, Lou Robinson is on the Knicks, and I can't grow my hair long. Uh, have you tried? Skills. 
Uh, yeah, I have. What's the longest your hair's ever been? Well, the problem with my hair is it just kind of, instead of growing up or out or down, uh-huh. it just kind of grows in all directions. It poofs. At the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it poofs, but it doesn't curl, so it just kind of is like one huge. Like mop. a chia pet. Yeah. Like a very tightly condensed chia pet. Yeah, so it, it just. It doesn't really go any way. It's just like a bigger version of normal hair. So okay, um, but sometimes I do tie it up in a ponytail and go on stilts like, and play center for the night. Sure, great. Um, let's talk about All Star Weekend. We're recording this Thursday afternoon. Uh, the events get started. I think Friday is that the the mm-hmm. the children's competition. Basically, the, uh, Rising Star yes, Star. yes. yes. <laughs> um, but you, you said previously that your favorite part of this is Saturday, not the All-Star Game itself. Why is that? Well, I think that the All-Star Game is kind of this dizzying, you know, highlights. It's up and down, no defense. And then in the last six minutes of a close game, it's very fun. Uh, my problem is that it's just every highlight kind of loses its kind of meaning mm-hmm. when it, there's so many of them. It's like... You know, it's like a blur at certain points. I'm trying to think of the best analogy for this, where like it's like Blake Griffin does this one-handed windmill, and you're like, well, whatever. I've seen three. There's no, there's no dramatic pacing to it because it's just, it's like a Michael Bay movie. It's just explosions, explosions, explosions. (laughs) There's not a lot of character development, which is where you need, you know, like somebody to slow the game down and. Play a little deep. De- uh, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, it's not. You don't have like the scenes where uh, the two people in very tight quarters just talking to each other. I think we should. We should. I'm going to revisit this idea that we talked about previously, where instead of the current All Star format, where you're just taking guys who are the best on the team, second best, maybe third, depending on you know how deep their team is. We, the voting in, instead should just be, okay, vote for the best first option on any team in the Eastern Conference and any team in the Western Conference. First of all, that would be amazing to see the politicking that would go on as people said, you know, like, who's the best first option in the West? Is it James Harden? Is it, uh, is it Dirk Nowitzki? Is it, you know, Curry. is it Steph Curry? Yeah. But is he really a first option? But is he, he exactly, exactly. Um, and then you keep going down the list. So then that means we're voting on, okay, vote for the best ninth man on any team in the Eastern Conference. Because I don't even know how that would work. Yeah, I mean... This but is, it'd be great. It would be very interesting, yeah. Um, this is Kent Bazemore's chance. Uh-huh. Uh, although, you know what? Like, here's the funny thing about the ninth man thing. Like, how do you determine the difference between the seventh, eighth, and ninth man? Like, do you, here's, this is like, you know, have you ever played high school tennis and, like, they would, some teams would stack the ladder on top? Sure, sure. Your number one player would not necessarily be your number one player on some teams, right. though. Yeah. Would it be better, would these guys that are seventh men, like, petition to be considered ninth men so that they'd have a better chance of making it? I'm open to that. I think, I think that has a lot of fun potential. You know, I would, I wouldn't be opposed if, you know, like Russell Westbrook decided, okay, I'm going to be a sixth man for the first half of the year so that I can be the undisputed best sixth man in the yeah. league. Imagine Russell Westbrook going to Scott Brooks and saying, you know, it's still a cool coach. I, I, I don't <laughs> want to start. Can I please... Come off the bench. Can I please not start? Yeah, that'd be perfect. Um, 
But you, so do you do you prefer the dunk contest or the three point contest? You know, it's been funny that there's this buzz that the three point contest is the new most exciting event in the right. All Star Weekend. I think it's kind of ridiculous. Like, you think the dunk contest I is think still it still the, has to be the dunk contest. Yeah. I mean, do you remember the last five three point shootout winners? Uh, I remember the last. I think Marco Bellinelli is the reigning yes. three point shootout winner. Um, and honestly, I couldn't tell you beyond that. I'm not even sure I know. I think Kyrie Irving won it one year. That sounds right. Didn't, like, Daquan Cook run it? That yeah. sounds right as well. Um, um, Paul Pierce won it one year, didn't he? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check because, right. you know, we have the time. We, yeah. We're not going anywhere. I mean, you have to be somewhere. Okay, so Marco Bellinelli won it last year. Kyrie Irving the year before that. Kevin Love... The year before that, James Jones is the Miami Heat player you're thinking, oh, not okay. Daquan Cook. Uh, although Daquan Cook won in 2008-2009, uh, and Paul Pierce in 2009-2010. Jason Capono has won the three-point contest twice. In, wow. rec- in you know, not, not all that long ago. It's a pretty rough list. Now, on the flip side, maybe I'm wrong about this, but... I mean, excluding last year because last year's dunk contest was terrible and they've changed the format again. Right. Do you you remember the last few dunk contest winners, right? If I don't, I certainly remember the most the most interesting years. Like they they stay because the dunk contest is the area where you can add your own spin on things, and it's, it's it is hard to make come up with something that's truly new. But every now and then you do get, you know, uh, Dwight Howard in this Superman costume or, you know, somebody, uh, uh, was it uh, Blake Griffin who jumped over a Kia? Yeah. You know. And, and the guy who didn't win that year did the coolest dunk, the two basket dunks, Jared McGee. Right, the, right. The three balls. And uh, you remember uh, Gerald Green doing all the yes. stuff he does. Uh, Unfortunately, you remember Nate Robinson winning three times. Right. Uh, you remember and Andre Iguodala getting robbed, which was something that our Sixers blog wrote about today. You can yeah. even you can even remember the greatest disgraces in dunk con- like Birdman in the dunk contest. <laughs> yes. That will live forever in my mind. Absolutely. You uh, never remember the three point contest. No. So I think that 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 is people trying to get too cute. Like I know Fair. That the big names are in the three point contest right. this year. And the dunk contest is not... They have trouble attracting the best players, so you get Mason Plumley, who may be from the is very he not best a, American family, but... The, wait, the best American family of all time, or basketball family? Basketball family. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. No, the, the, the Plumleys are per, probably pretty nice, I couldn't say, but... Yeah, I mean, they have to fight with the Zellers. The Zellers, the Millers, uh, the Lopez... And the Rivers. Lopez I, I believe. <laughs> The low pie, um, the river, the ribeye, the riv, the riveri, I believe, is the the Riviera. Yeah. Um, but it's still not big names. Okay, you know I love Giannis. Right. Uh, but so, but even so, you're going to remember what those guys do more than a guy who hits a bunch of threes. Fair. Okay. Um, there has to be a way that we can make the dunk contest even better, though. Oh yeah. Like and. I think the answer to this is sanctioned public gambling. Okay, like, like I think, I think if we told the players you can gamble on this against each other, that the star players would not back down because what would happen would be uh, a Plumlee or somebody who's 
not a top name would go to uh, a LeBron, a Blake Griffin, whoever you want to pick, and would say, I'll bet you $75,000 that I can beat you in the slam dunk contest. And they can't turn that down because pride... Well, you could turn it down. They wouldn't. I don't think... I think you're right, though. You know, guys have shooting contests... Right. ...after practice where they gamble... Exactly, exactly. You've heard the story of the Michael Jordan, Richard Hamilton shooting contest with the Wizards. Refresh... I don't remember it. Where uh, they decided to do it after a game and a practice, and I don't remember exactly how much money they bet on it, but it wasn't supposed to be for very long, so... Richard Hamilton crushes him at the beginning. Right. And because Jordan, like, everybody does what Jordan wants, he makes Richard Hamilton keep playing until Jordan catches up. (laughs) And then meanwhile, like, everybody else on the team is, like, sitting on the team bus. You know, this has been half an hour, maybe more. And and everyone's like, where? Okay, are we we going yet? And then only then was the entire team allowed to leave practice. Wow. Because of the shooting contest. If, I don't know if Michael, I don't necessarily believe in reincarnation, but if Michael Jordan is reincarnated, he will be the kid who doesn't win anything. Like, who, yeah. Like, he has won so much and is so fiercely competitive that he will be the kid who's just like, no, I don't really like playing Monopoly. I never win. No, I don't really want to. I just like watching Jeopardy. I don't really like to shout out the answers. That's too competitive. (laughs) Are That's you sure he wouldn't be the guy that would try to win but just lose every time? That's a, that you can't be that person forever, can you? Right. Although that's Kenny Powers, I suppose. Yeah. So I would uh, I would fully root for that. Um, so you like the gambling? So yeah. So but then how do you so so Mason Plumlee would just kind of like LeBron would be in the front row? Sure. You give him you give him a mic, sort of like you're at a wrestling match or something, okay. and he. He could he could either call a guy out specifically, or he could say to any of these. You know, I look out and see the brightest stars in the NBA galaxy, and I challenge any of them to a one hundred thousand dollar dunk off. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I think that that's interesting. It, because especially what if you put the money in the middle of the floor. Sure, that's fine. Or, or like in a briefcase, or or had like you know they have they have. That year that Kenny Smith had the gospel with like Griffin Right. What if they had a gospel but instead of unveiling a gospel choir, but instead of unveiling uh, you know, a car, they unveiled a briefcase? Let World Wide West hold the money if you want. <laughs> I think that would be amazing. Yeah, I think that would be good. The other thing I want to see, which will never happen, but I think would be great, is the Dunk On contest. Mm, right. Uh, do you get to pick who you're dunking on, or is there a designated uh, dunk-on defender? I think what you would have is very similar, I think, to the, the betting one, is you'd have to have a pool of eligible right. people. You couldn't just have anyone. Right, right. So let's say there's like... Because dunking on Jose Barea is not all that impressive. <laughs> <laughs> no charges. <laughs> So like, if he, he, he tries to block any kid, it just goes like... What a, yeah, if, if we gave Jose Barea maybe, like, a stun gun or something, and you had oh, a dunk okay. on him, that would be fair. Or you'd allow him to do to stop the dunk by any means necessary. Sure. Give, give him battle armor, like in <laughs> Aliens. But yeah, you'd have, like, maybe a pool of eight dunkers and eight blockers. Right, okay. And the dunkers, each dunker gets to pick 
one blocker to go against. Great. Uh, and then they maybe there's like a lottery to decide who gets the first choice sure. of blockers. So maybe the blockers range from like a guard yeah. to Rudy Gobert. Right. Uh, and or maybe it should be like a, a smaller range. We like, can we can tweak this. That's maybe fine. Maybe like a, a six seven guy like like Demar Derozan. Or maybe anybody who dunks also has to be a blocker. Actually, I was just thinking that too. What if it's just eight people and they have to pick against each other? Right. Oh that man! Would be Mason Plumley, a real advantage. <laughs> Thank God, that's what the people want. It's more opportunities for Mason Plumley to succeed. Um, this is not just—I mean, All Star Weekend to me doesn't just signal, "Hey, let's get all the most exciting players and watch them," you know, try crazy tricks over one another. It's also sort of a signaling point that um, the NBA season is going to enter its kind of most favorite time of the year. Um, what to you is the story to watch on the Western Conference side, and then after that, the story to watch on the Eastern Conference side after All-Star break? In the West, I think it's the race for eight, okay. which is shaping up to be super compelling. You have the Suns, who are there now, who basically are like a team of 12 pit bulls that don't like to play with, don't like to share anything with each other, but they just keep charging at the target nonstop. And they're small pickles because they're a small team. And this analogy is getting a little too <laughs> But, you know, so they're just like, there's so much fun the way they just kind of attack these bigger teams and just kind of play with reckless abandon and, you know, push it all the time. And yet they don't, they kind of like fight each other sometimes. Uh, they don't have the best chemistry. But right now they're an eighth and they're a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have the Thunder, who have two of the five most exciting players in the league. Uh, you have the specter of Durant's free agency kind of looming over the season. You right. Know, they missed the playoffs, and he's in the last year of his contract. I mean, that's so much pressure for them. They right. They have to make it. And then if they do make it, by God, that is the scariest lead seed I've ever seen. Question to you as a Wiz fan. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant says this offseason, I'm going to come play for Washington, but... Scott Brooks has to come with me as the coach. Um, You're taking it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, Scott Brooks might be an upgrade on the current coach. Wow. Okay. That's now, fair. If he were to say, like, you have to bring uh, Kendrick Perkins, too. Right. That I'm not so sure. What it, well, I mean, Kendrick Perkins can probably, like, carry boxes or, you know, I wouldn't use him on the basketball court, but... Security guard. Absolutely. I wouldn't mess with Kendrick Perkins. No way in hell. Um, in terms of the flip side of the final playoff push and all of that, uh, who who needs to just give up after All-Star Weekend? I think there are going to be a lot of teams giving up. Yeah. Right. The Lakers have already given up. Right. Did you see their lineup on third round? TNT you know, so we've cheated and we've talked about this as well, but it's I, I I'm gonna li- I'm not gonna lie and say that I remember it because it was so bad. I think uh, you've already you all right. So I'll give you another chance. You had time to look at this. Uh, you got four out of five the first time we did this. Let's check the uh, all right. This is from February 11th. Here we go. Name all five starters. Jordan Clarkson. Correct. Wayne Ellington. Correct. Uh, Robert Sacre. Yep. Need the two forwards. Ryan Kelly. Yes, to complete Kelly Clarkson. 
Oh, that's right. Uh, did Jordan Hill play that night? No, no we, was, we've talked. Man, man. Art Black. Correct. That's, that's correct. correct. And this brings us to the saddest man in the world, Carlos Boozer, who cannot even start for this terrible Lakers team. But in fact, look. By the way, Nick, guess which of those five people actually was a first round pick? I have no idea. Any of them? One of them is. I, I think. Wait, let me double check this. Oh, damn it, Prada. Uh, Just researching on the fly. I think he was a first. He was a very late first round pick. Yes, he was the late first round Who pick. Who was it? Wayne Ellington was the 28th pick. Would not have guessed that. That's the unfortunate. The second round picks or later. Yeah, I mean, Carlos Boozer in 21 minutes against Portland went 1 for 11. <laughs> With one turnover and three fouls. Yeah, it's almost like his game is declining as fast as his hair. I mean, is there any more that his hair can decline at this point? I'm not sure how much more his game can decline either. It's it's sort of like saying Chernobyl is falling into disrepair. It's there. <laughs> it's already done. Yeah. Um, so they've given up. Okay. I think it sounds like the Knicks are now giving up with uh, recent news. Like yes. Now is probably going to shut it down after the All-Star break, which... We all assumed it was going to happen. He was so transparently only playing the string out so he could play in the All-Star game. Right. MSG. Um, so you have them. I think two teams to watch in the shutdown race. Philadelphia, for obvious reasons. You know, it's funny. They have actually not been terrible since their terrible start. Mm-hmm. They actually have, I believe, at one time, better defense than the Bulls. And they have, they have zero Gasols. And zero Gasols. Wow. Zero roses. Amazing. What, Zero what, joking. That's that's Obama's America, clearly. And it's represented in the failure of the seventy-six. <laughs> uh, so you have them, and then the other team that's kind of interesting is you know. Did you know that Boston is like right on the playoff bubble? Right yes, now? they are. They're they're right in the mix of it. Do they want to be? Like, no. Really? No chance. Do you, okay. So there are two things at work here. One is that. They're obviously in rebuilding mode. That's why you trade away trade trade away Rondo uh, when they did. They are still sitting on a bunch of draft picks. There's nothing about this team that says, oh, yeah, they can really make a deep playoff run. On the other hand, the other teams that are, that are in this position right now of intentionally tanking, I think the, the cities they are in are okay with that comparatively, whereas Boston right now, I don't like – it feels like they might not be cool with a team that's this bad, and they would rather see them make the playoffs, even if it's you know just to believe like, hey, you know we've got the Pats and we've got the Bruins and we've got the Celtics. Well, I think they could console themselves in the seven hundred other championships yeah. they have in that town. It's a tough life uh, being a Bostonian. They, they haven't won a championship in over. Over a month. How do you live with yourselves? Yeah. I don't oh my know. God. I mean, it depends on which Celtics fans you talk to, but I, I just think that where they are in their rebuilding, yeah. it would be really bad if they got the 15th pick instead of the 5th. Right. Let's, so. all right, let's, from the, instead of the bottom of the East, let's talk about the top. Let's talk about the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. Um, is it wrong that, look, maybe this is just me being a hater. It's a thing I'm very good at. I've had a lot of practice. Is it wrong that I see the Hawks and their incredible record, and not just sort of what their record is, but they've beaten some very good teams to get to where they are. 
And I still am sort of like, well, they have no meaningful history of putting together a, a playoff run of any length. Why, why am I wrong? Why am I being stupid to doubt the Hawks at this point? Well, I think that there's some of those doubts are shared by some of the basketball community. Right. Uh, although maybe they're more specific in terms of, well, they have a great system now, but in the playoffs you can shut that down a little easier. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a reason to be skeptical. Um, where I would say that that is kind of silly is that, you know, the Atlanta Hawks of two years ago are not walking through that door. Thank God. You know, they some of them maybe are because they were on the team two years ago. Right. Um, but it's a very different team and a very different climate and, frankly, a very different game. Right. The game is played just in a different way than, you know, even four or five years ago. Uh, different teams that are successful in different ways. Balance wins now in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. The ability to have nobody that you can say, you know what, we don't have to worry about him. We can just load up on everybody else. On their primary options. They don't have that. Right. And that's going to, like, you saw in some of these playoff series that if you, Oklahoma City's big problem, the reason they don't win, they don't make the finals besides injury is that, is that they have one or two guys that you don't really have to worry about. Mm-hmm. So you can basically play five on four against them. Right. Two to four or Westbrook and Durant. So the Hawks, you don't have that problem. And then by contrast on defense, they're, they basically gear their entire plan around finding that weak spot. You know, it's like, it's like the weak spot is a magnet, and the Hawks are a trick. This analogy's not working. No, you don't the need a tractor beam to find a magnet. <laughs> the Hawks are the magnet, and the weak spot is a tractor beam. That, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense either. Lord, Prada, this, this is some of the worst science I've ever heard. But well, I, they, I, I, take, I take your point. Good God. All right. <laughs> let's, let's end on this because I don't want you to have to strain for any more horribly inaccurate science references talking about basketball. Uh, Valentine's Day, right around the dang corner. Mm-hmm. This is it – must. I mean, it's got to be challenging that you have a major romantic holiday in the middle of one of the biggest NBA events of the season – how do you? How are you going to get around that? Are you just going to say incorporate All Star Weekend into your Valentine's in some way, or do you have another plan? Actually, what we have decided to do is to celebrate Valentine's Day on a different day. Okay. You know what? Who said that Valentine's Day is February fourteenth? Well, I mean, the the I it, I think it's probably like somewhat official. Did God say? It? I, not to me. <laughs> Okay, fine. So we're so we're moving it for, for practical reasons to uh, actually we're taking this on Thursday. It's right. Going to be later tonight. Am I am I ruining your Valentine's plan right now? No comment. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, no, you're not. So that's all right. I think that's smart. And is your significant other fully on board with this, or is she begrudgingly going along with it? I mean, I think it's you know unfortunately it's it's really hard for me to say like you know I'm not going to go. To the game right. that's here, you know, she's not, she's cool with the reality of the yeah, situation. Yeah, kind of the reality. And one of the things that helps us uh, in this regard is that our anniversary is two weeks before. Right. Our birthday, her birthday, is two. Weeks I was going to say, don't have the. You can't call it our birthday. That's creepy. Everything is our <laughs> <birthday>. <laughs> when you're engaged, right? That's how it works. So you have a busy. This is a very busy time of year for you. Yeah. 
What's what's the okay? So what's the gift approach then? If you've got anniversary and and you're not married yet, so that's the dating anniversary, right? Uh, and I understand that if you celebrate the dating anniversary, you're gonna have to be given. You should just be prepared. I mean, I can't. I'm not married myself, so I can't speak to this. But there's nothing to lead me to believe that getting married means you can just forget about like the 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 day of your first date. Okay. You know. You may still have to it, – it maybe falls down the rankings a bit, but you still have to keep it in mind. That's all I'm saying. I see. So, so you've got dating anniversary, her birthday, Valentine's Day, all within a month, right? Uh, yeah, five weeks. Okay. What's the what, – how do you deal with that from like a trinkets and baubles and presents perspective? Well, we have a – there's a big birthday present. This year, we decided to kind of be much more low-key okay. uh, during the anniversary. But then I found out that I got a Valentine's Day present. So, um, you know, obviously, I was going to do something for Valentine's Day. Right. I feel like I have to step up now. I'm happy to. Right. Uh, but, you know, that, that means we're adding elevated importance to Valentine's Day, I guess. Uh, but the birthday is a big present. And okay. The Valentine's Day will be a smaller present. So is is that the rough ranking of where you put your focus, your energies, birthday, Valentine, dating anniversary? Usually the dating anniversary is much higher. Okay. We just made a collective decision not to right. make it as big a deal. Okay, time, I gotcha. Because we were getting married. Right. Makes sense. Um, but is this the first year you've done the altered Valentine's Day schedule? Uh, I don't think so. Um I'm trying to remember exactly what day I celebrated. Right. I believe this was the first time since I started editing the NBA. Right. Yeah, I think last year, uh, the 14th was the Friday, so I just skipped the Rise of Star stuff. Right. Um, so, but this year, I don't have that luxury. Okay. Um, so, but I'm sure there have been a couple of years where, you know, since I started working there, it was like, you know, a different, slightly different day, maybe. Friday instead of Saturday. Friday used to be the go-to. Uh, right. For because it's the, the Friday night at the All Star game is pretty pretty un, uninteresting. So let me throw this out at you. Today tonight you go out. You have a wonderful Valentine's Day celebration together. Get her a nice gift. I know what that gift is, but I'm not going to spoil it because Thank she you. probably is going to listen to this on while she gets ready. I yeah, think. She, that's because that's all she does. She listens to Pod, to, to low low rent podcasts. Absolutely, her favorite. Her favorite low rent podcast. That's so kind to say. Uh, you have you have a lovely Valentine's Day. She couldn't be happier. You feel very close, very connected. You get to the fourteenth, and you just you you tell you say to yourself, "Well, we already had Valentine's Day, so I don't feel the need to." Uh, you know, do anything else, whether it's a card or sending some flowers or, you know, any other gesture of any kind. Let's say that's what's happened. What is her reaction going to be if the 14th has no celebration aspect whatsoever? All right. Well, you have to ask her. <laughs> Are you going to try this? No, I, I haven't really thought about that. Right. Are you going to hedge? I feel like you should hedge. It's probably best, but the problem is that we're not going to be in the same place all day. Okay. Basically, you know, she's staying at home this weekend. Right. Because they're not going to be there, so why is she going to stay in an empty house? Okay. Is there a basketball player that she would appreciate a personal voicemail from on Valentine's Day? She's more of a baseball fan. 
Is the, okay. What if who's her, what's her baseball team? The Mets. So like if David Wright is oh, at is at the all, is at All Star Weekend and you get a video of him saying, "Hey, just wanted to wish you happy Valentine's Day. Congratulations on getting engaged. All the best." Like would that make her day? Yes. I think, Absolutely. I think, okay. I think I have an idea. I think you have an idea. Um, well, I know, but this is totally a surprise, honey. She's not going to listen to this. And I mean, look, she's... By the time she gets to this part in the podcast, it'll be after you've already done this. I break, I've released this in five-minute increments over the course of a week, so you'll be fine. All right. Um, Mike, we're going to let you get out of here because you have an important night of romance to prepare for. Um, we look forward to your writing and our fabulous stable of NBA writers. Uh, we've had you on twice now. We've had Flannery on twice now. We've never had Zeller. Z- you, hear, you hear that, Tom? He's, there's no way Tom Zeller listens to this. He's also more important than either of us care to admit, probably. Right? No. Or he, he, likes he is very important, but you know, think, about, think about where you came from, Tom. Here's what I'm going to say. Tom Zeller, not invited on this podcast. That way, he hasn't turned us down. Oh, smart. Yeah. You know who else we haven't invited? Who? We've never invited Charles Barkley. Not invited, Charles Barkley. Nobody, in fact, Shaq. Shaq? No. Um, And I'll tell you who's definitely not invited. Sean Kemp? Sean Kemp, but also LeBron. Nope. No, I don't want you LeBron. LeBron, if you want to, I would actually, yeah, I'd take that. I'd be foolish. That'd be fine. Fine.